0: You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with
1: Mace, French and Pox.
2: Enjoy the listen.
1: We've touched
2: on... It on and around kind of your business. Do you want to go into depth now on your business? Because you said you kind of got the, you set it up just as you're about to come out and you've kind of touched on the fact that you first approached like big developers, like your Bellways, like your Barrett's, like your, I don't know, your Barclays, and kind of said, I can move some units for you. If you, if you can't sell and can't share some, I can find buyers. Tell us now about a bit about your model, where you started, what you've done, what your business is about. All
0: right, cool. So that model is like an old model because money was flowing in that last recession. Everybody was giving away loans, mortgages, were were not safe lending. So kind of, it's kind of easy to make money when the system's kind of making it easy. So it's mm. kind of like a fake, false economy. Yeah. The model's totally changed now. So lenders aren't lending. There's less opportunities now.
2: Yeah. Bigger deposit required, all that kind of stuff. Yes. Yeah.
0: So I kind of had to go back to the beginning, really, because I lost everything. Do you know what I mean? I'm like 300 bags in debt. Mm. I'm working in warehouses. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm walking. I ain't got no career. I'm walking. Do you know what I mean? That's the reality. I have to feed my kids. Now as well. Exactly. You've got family support. I've got family now, bro. Yeah. There's no When well, my missus is cooking for the kids, there's nothing for me now in the pot. There's anger now. Why is this business team taking so long? Yeah. So I had to go back to basics, bro. And to go back to basics, I had to start with property courses. I had to go and learn property courses because before everything was freestyled. You could just figure it out yourself. But it, the mm-hmm. games changed so much that I kind of had to find out new strategies. So I went on a few courses anyway and the initial thing to do when you're starting from scratch is property sourcing. So obviously, everybody kind of knows what property sourcing is. It's basically packaging below market value deals, packaging them and then selling them on to investors. But um, once again, people exaggerate how, how how easy that is to do. It's very, very tough. And there's, once again, with property, there's so many things that can, can happen and go wrong in between. So... Done a, few, done a course, locked up to, to some, some millionaire guy. He, he liked my story. Um, he actually said jump on the course for free. He said, if you're starting from scratch, the, head, the place you need to head for is Liverpool. Because obviously Liverpool was so cheap. So like five, six years ago, headed down to Liverpool, bought my first house for 33, for 33 grand on a bridge using bridging finance. So bridging finance is basically based upon the property deal. It's not like mainstream lending, do you know what I mean? So where you might get a mortgage for like 3% per annum right now, a hmm. bridge is like 1.5% a month, okay. but they'll give you the money without looking at your credit report, without looking at your background. Mm-hmm. And I've done the first one, I've done that the first one on the bridge, yeah. And it was a refurbished, yeah, and I fit it onto an investor.
1: Okay.
2: That guy you spoke about, the um, millionaire, did, did he become like a mentor to you? Was it just based on the course that you kind of, you... you know, the funny thing is, um,
0: they say find a millionaire, break your back for them, and then and then um, it should happen to you. So I kind of broke my back a bit, but I don't think it, it didn't become a mentor. I think sometimes people can kind of, more one-sided, you know, but I'm grateful for the information he gave me. I took it and ran with it. Um, it took a bit longer than I thought, but I took it and ran with it. Yeah.
2: So, following your first property, what what happened after that? Yeah. So, my first property, and in between,
0: I was just basically sourcing properties for other for other investors and basically charging a fee for it, packaging it, and just building up my own my own pool of money. And then um, I bought a commercial building by Everton FC. Funny enough.
1: Okay.
0: But obviously, because because the way I'm doing it, unorthodox, man. So. My kids have to get fed first, do you know what I mean? So I'm sleeping in hostels once again, but once again, it's like, Jail's prepared me for that. Cause I'm sharing a room with man and alcoholics and I'm paying like seven pound a night, hot noodles. Anyway, done a bit of crowdfunding to buy a commercial building. And it, cause, cause commercial buildings, lenders don't like lending on commercial buildings. So it's very difficult to get lending on commercial buildings. So this, this deal went on for like eight months, but in the end got a lender to do the, the, the loan on the building and done a little crowd fund to actually raise the deposit for the building. And I literally had to learn how to do floor plans, learn how to do rewiring, learn how to do plumbing plans, learn how to do electric plans because I couldn't afford architects. But I lived and slept in that building for two years, on and off, driving from London, um, on the coach, I had to get the coach from Victoria, 6am, jump on the coach, 10 up with the budget, and then sleep in the building, man. I got sick in the building quite a lot. But um, it taught me the hardcore way, because obviously I'm giving plans to builders, and I'm having to draw the floor plans myself. And um, and the thing is, when, you, when you're starting from nothing, and you're trying to add value to a building you've got to spend the money in the right way. Because if you don't spend the money in the right way, so, for example, you spend money on carpets instead of, instead of putting in new bathrooms, for example, mm. then you've just lost all your money. And we're from a community where sometimes business is a bit of a taboo, I think. We're well, in England. You go to Africa and you go to America, we're doing well, do you know what I mean? But I think here in Europe, black people doing business is a bit of a taboo. So it's very difficult to get people to support you and to get funding because people don't understand it. Do you know what I mean? People don't understand what a return, a good return is. They don't understand that the banks are giving you 1%. They don't understand really that inflation means your money is disappearing in the bank. So it's just like, it took me a long time to figure that out, man, because I was going to property networking events and I was pitching to them. But I wasn't realizing that. They're looking at me like, you're black, man. We ain't putting our money in you. Because they've been programmed, they're not used to seeing black success. I didn't understand it at the time, do you know what I mean? They're looking at me, I used to even take books in, I used to take books in there with me, because this is when my reading got deep. I was reading like, maybe, well, at least least a book a week, plus Mm. audio, so I was on eight books. And that is where we say Think and Grow Rich kicked in, man. That was the book that changed my life. Think and Grow Rich changed my life, man. It changed my life. But um, in terms of the property, I think I was, I was kind of, I was fighting the wrong battle. I was trying to get investment from people that didn't believe in my community. So I think once I figured out the psychology behind all of this, then, then things started to get easier.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry, um, how, how long did that
3: take? Because it's funny you say that. Um, I'm listening to, I forget the name of the book, um, but it's the guy who founded Netflix and he was essentially saying the same thing. So I was literally just finishing it probably about an hour or two before before this this interview now, and he was saying that, I don't know wh- where or why he found himself in this situation, but essentially he had to go up to and ask people for money. I'm talking about just for breakfast, so where it's to get breakfast and things of that nature. And it made him understand the psychology behind actually asking people to borrow money because um, he went on to talk about OPM and crowdfunding to actually get his Netflix idea off the ground. So I think it's really interesting. So how long did that process of, um, learning to ask people for money and the psychology, as you mentioned, how long did that
0: take? Bro, I would say it took two to three years. And once again, the trauma, it made me say, you know what? I don't even want to ask. So I kind of done it the hard way. So, because I just thought, white people are not going to give me money. I figured that out. They won't. But then what I did learn is that where people say, are. Oh, you know you've heard silly things like, oh, don't trust the black man. Don't trust your own people. No, it's not that. Once people know you're a guru and you're a master of what you do, people get behind you. Your friends and family will get behind you first and then your community will get behind you. Do you know what I mean? So I'll say it's, 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 it's not it's not the pitching. It's becoming a master of what you do. Do you know what I mean? Once you become a master of what you do and people know, yeah, you're that property guy,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then your, your people will get behind you. And that's what happened with me. But I think... It took so long for them to get behind me, I kind of had to figure it out alone. So I was basically sourcing and building up capital and doing it the hard way. So I I, I didn't raise the finance that maybe a white guy would have raised. Do you know what I mean? But then it put me in a position where I'm I'm at solicitors and I'm completing buildings and stuff. And the solicitors are saying to me, oh, where's the other investors? And I'm like, is it just just you? And the solicitor is like seven years old and this is like even probably 18 months ago. And that's kind of when the penny dropped. That You own total 100% shares in everything that you do. And you've kind of got to this far this doing it. And that's an amazing achievement. Do you know what I mean? Look at all these companies, they don't own anything. You can, you've heard stories in history about entrepreneurs and Henry Ford and this one and that one where, and even Elon Musk, where he came off, he was taken off his board at um, PayPal. They, they, they get, you know what I mean? Because he had to sell so much shares. So to to have the information and knowledge that I do and be able to do what I do, owning 100%, it's an achievement. Sorry, um, actually, I don't know if I got my wires
3: crossed. Sorry, Mason, I'll, I'll let you go in just a moment. Um, I was going to touch on your qualifications as to your A-levels and whether you actually did complete them. But what I did want to say was um, you mentioned... Your, no, no. So French. I don't even remember when we went to the podcast and festival um, the first time, and we I think we we're in five guys, and I, and we were having a conversation. I was saying, you know how difficult it must be for that homeless guy, just in general, for or for homeless people to come up to people and ask for money. The level and level of bravery and um, confidence they must have must be incredible. Um, obviously, which I'm obviously attributing to yourself as well, as to being able to go up to people and ask lenders or you say your people for money. So who did you mean by your people? I know you say you've got 100% um, as to um, your company now, but who who were you asking for money at that time? And you mentioned your people as well. Do you want to elaborate on that? But
0: yeah, when I say... Okay, so... I would say when I'm saying people, I mean black people. Yeah, because I know. It, I didn't want to say that. What I learned is, <laughs> the is that um, they say people will invest in you that look like you. Yeah, I learned that through reading. I don't know what book it was, but... I learned that people, psychologically, invest in people that look like them. So there's no point in me going to an Asian guy or, yeah, they'll invest in me when everybody else has. But initially, it's gonna be people that feel your pain and can, can relate to you. So it's friends and family, brothers, sisters, and I cut off all my street associates because I, I could have done it a lot easier, but I just, it just weren't worth it for me. So I didn't even have that many associates to ask. So it's basically friends and family. And then investors come to you because there's a of attraction, right? If you're doing it, you'll attract people. So I attracted people into my reality that wanted to invest in property and they invested in what I was doing.
3: Mm-hmm. Sorry, and it was the qualifications. So how important, or, uh, depending on who you talk to, sometimes people feel the qualifications you're doing in jail are either a waste of time because they feel they won't get employed or won't be able to use those qualifications when they get out. Or I don't know, you might, you, 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 you might feel it's a springboard to, to do what you've done. Um, what, what do you, I mean, what are your thoughts or what do you say um, on that?
0: I don't know. All I, I know for me, I know I could never get a good job because of my charges. I just knew it was impossible. So that gave me the, the, the determination to know that I had to make it happen. So I do think the system, I think the system is slightly rigged in, as we all know in the fact that there's not going to be opportunities for many who've been to prison. You know, for you to kind of make it off the bottom of the food chain legitimately is near on impossible, bro, I'll be honest with you. Unless you've got the the right support network, it's very, very tough. It's very, very tough, do you know what I mean? And that's why I think DNA and genetics is important, man, because when you know your strength, that's why when I go back to my my grandfather, I knew I can do it. But maybe if I wasn't able to revert back to that, I might have given
1: up.
0: Yeah. I knew I couldn't give up. I knew my DNA is too strong. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that is exactly what I was
3: gonna say next. Cause I keep mentioning you know, what your granddad said and keep mentioning about your family. I've said it twice now. Cause what you just said there is exactly how I feel. With what I now know, I, there's not, it's not even possible <laughs> for me to fail in what I believe is my destiny. So I don't, I don't, I don't take in what other people say. So when, obviously, taking what people say and understand. Sometimes people are not um, intentionally trying to be negative or trying to critique you or put you off, in that some people will. But from what I know and the stories I know, it's just not possible. <laughs> and that's just the way I feel. So I was, I wanted to just hear that from yourself, and
2: you, you've said it. Yes. A um, couple of questions that I've had on, on things you've said, Swift. So. You, talk, you, you hated books and if yeah. you touched on a book that changed, that kind of changed your that changed your life, um, Think and Grow Rich. At what point, who, A, who introduced you to books or the power of reading and knowledge or was it yourself and B, what books have really had a, a major impact on your life and so, your way of yeah. been- a good question, bro, man. Okay.
0: So now, it's a good question. So I'll go back a bit to when the last recession happened and I was at a low stage, man. Obviously, I got... Too much debt, kids are young. So now I'm just calling, I'm praying now. So I'm I'm praying and I'm saying, listen, help me God. Do you know what I mean? Help me man. Somebody like this, this can't be it. I just thought this can't be life. There's got to be more than that. And then one of my good friends, who's a millionaire, the property millionaire. Mm -hmm. He sent me a link, a YouTube link. And it was of Earl Nightingale the greatest secret in the world. Have you guys heard of that? Yeah. And it's basically about the secret, which is law of attraction. But when I heard that, and it was basically, I was basically talking about the 1% of society and um, the 99% and, and 5% middle class and basically how we're moving like robots out here and zombies, do you know what I mean? And, and that basically everything starts with an idea and then the law of attraction so after I heard that video of half an hour, <laughs> I went on a rampage, man. I went on a rampage. It just changed my life. Cause it was one minute I'm asking, like saying to God, "Is this it? This can't be it. This it? This can't be. Life can't be just just this. There's gotta be. I feel like I feel like a prisoner. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? Living this mediocre existence. <laughs> do you know what I mean? This can't be it. And then I realised that we can, can take control of our mind. Thinking Grow which taught me that I can take control of my mind, taught me what um, mind chatter is. Do you know what I mean? Um, affirmations, it taught me deep stuff, man. Um, L Nightingale taught me that we have like 80,000 thoughts a day, so if you've got 80,000 thoughts a day and you've got to focus on something, how are you gonna organize those 80,000 thoughts into being productive, positive thoughts instead of thoughts of negativity, of debt, of liability, that you're gonna attract, and that's gonna melt you. So once mm-hmm. I figured out, and once I learned that, raw, I can take control of this, it, it, it was like being born again. Sure. And I think from that moment, I started reading a ridiculous um, amount of books.
3: Sure. So I wanna go into those books, but um, I think sometimes it's important to, so from when you came up, so when you came out up until this point, how
0: many years had gone by? Three years, I'd say. Three years. Okay. So about 2011, I said, What the hell is this? Yeah. And I come out in
1: 2008. Okay, back to that you were saying about some of your peers, how you're not basically in touch with them. Was there a transition of when uh, you guys were, I guess, still kicking it, so to speak, then it kind of dropped each other out? Yeah, it
0: was. Yeah. It's a good question, man. Because um, basically when you get to DCAT, everybody thinks you're, you're coming home and you're going to come back to the circle. Mm. And, then, and then obviously you bring your links to the table. So I basically felt that I would, I felt let down basically by my associates. I felt let down by my best friends in particular. And I said to myself, you know what? I know that there's a bag of money waiting for me. But I said, mm. after the pain I've gone through, there's no amount of money you can give me no amount of money that you can give me to buy my friendship back. So that bag of money was offered to me and I refused it. And I think the moment I refused it, he knew that it's no point being around me because he, I don't really forget easy. Mm-hmm. And that was my ticket at the hood. because It's blood money, basically. You take the money, you think it's money, 150 yeah. grand or whatever it is, you take it, you're expected to bring stuff to the table. Do you know what I mean? And I didn't want to go into that, back into that because it's just, it's just not worth it.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, that could have happened. And because I walked away from that, it enabled me to focus 100%, do you know what I mean? I burnt, I made sure I cut and burnt all the bridges.
3: Sure. In, in so you don't necessarily need to touch on it too much, but in what way did you feel let down? And the reason why I say that is because I occasionally have a laugh um, with, with a friend who did a bit of time. And at that time, I must have been, must have been early 20s. And when he got out, he remember telling me that um, he must ask me for some money and I must have gave him probably the last of what I had, which might have been like £10. So I must have sent him £10 or something like that. And then like when he's got the money in the jail, like him and his, and his cellmates are laughing. Um, and like, he told me this story when he got out as to them laughing as to what ten, what's £10 going to do inside here? <laughs> but what his, him and his friend said was at least someone's actually looking out for you. Like, he goes, he, your friend may not know this £10 means nothing here, but at least your friend has sent you something That's in comparison to maybe a lot That's of people true. who might have actually forgot you. So I kind of wanted to know what you meant by let down.
0: Yeah, just to put to kind of touch on what you said, £10 a lot when you're sitting down because it does really it is heartwarming when somebody sends you a tenner because it lets you know they're thinking about you. So, no matter how big of an owner you are, yeah. somebody sends you a tenner from the road when it's so busy, it touches everybody. So, I'll let you know that. And um, your, the, the second point was what, sorry? Um, what were the things that you felt maybe let you down? Um, okay. Because, yeah, what let you down? What let me down is that I felt that I gave a lot to my circle. And w- without realising it, I took the mantra of being a boss, so probably that comes with. Why have I why have I got everybody's guns?
1: Mm.
0: Why is the link mine? Why am I why 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 am I making more dough and feeding everybody? Everything was too much on my head, basically. I, but that's maybe maybe I took the mantra as being a boss. Do you know what I mean? So obviously, when I was gone, I thought I, I you know even a letter could at least write a letter, do you know what I mean? That's all I kind of wanted, like a letter from somebody you've been best friends with all your life, do you know what I mean? A letter, just a bit more messages, a bit more love. If you're writing to somebody and they take like a year to get back to you, that wasn't good enough for me because we're we're with each other 24 hours a day. So I just felt let down by the basic, basic things, do you know what I mean? It was was nothing financial at all. I just felt let, let down by the basic stuff as being a human being, innit? If somebody's behind a wall for 23 hours a day, they need to read, right? Or they need, they need some to sh- be shown some sort of love. And my missus, she was there for me. And I, me- I remember when I got my big bird, she come on a, um, a visit with my name tattooed on her stomach. And I thought, rah, I got a And I'd say, no, three years. When a woman comes <laughs> and does that, and she's put in, in a place like that, and then you're thinking a man can't. A woman can do that, but a man can't even write a letter. It wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. So how old were you
3: at that point where you were, that that sort of thought was coming through your mind? Because the reason why I say that is because, like, in maybe the few people that I know have been inside, or been inside and come out, I've sat there in hindsight and gone, you know what, yeah, actually I wish I'd done maybe a little bit more for that person. But then I think, actually, I might have been too young not to know how to approach that situation. Although communicating with someone is something simple enough but in me being so busy with my life which felt important at the time um, I don't know just I don't know if you understand where I'm coming from but it just um, I don't know did you do you have maybe different thoughts on it as to um, how old how old you were and they were at the time
0: yeah I, I probably at the time we was like from 22 to 22 to 27, it, it pissed me off. But for me, it wasn't about that. To me, it's about the closeness you have with somebody. So you've got friends and you have your boy who you're really close with. I, I didn't blame everybody. It was just one or two I expected more of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So for that, I thought, you know, if you can't write a letter, you can't do much in life. Do you know what I mean? You're a businessman and you can't write. How are you supposed to feel like your company accounts or do anything? It wasn't good enough. Do you know what I mean? If you don't aspire for much, then cool, I get it. You're one of them guys that I had to write letters for in jail. But no, you're, you're a heavy character. Do you know what I mean? I expect more from you. It doesn't matter about age. We was in primary school together. We was in secondary school together. One page would have done something for me, but not being able to get a letter was, was like, nah, this is not good enough.
2: So at the moment you're currently sitting, I think you said your office, right? Yeah. Tell us a bit about your business now. Like you're in your office, you've got your own office. Tell me about what's going on. Tell me about yes. we each went on your we 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 went on your website, we found a few things on there, you offer like property courses and stuff like that. Tell us a bit about your business now. And how yeah. you're on the stage right now. Alright, cool. So
0: Corona's kind of everyone had to kind of go back to the business model and change things. So obviously we were doing the seminars and courses before. At the minute, what I'm doing is um so the high street's changing because obviously the internet and what the government's done is they've brought out a lot of le- legislation to basically make it easier to develop commercial buildings. Okay. And I said to you, I've done the commercial building previously. So I've got a lot of experience in commercial buildings, but because the high street's changing and changing and changing during COVID, the government brought out more legislation. So you don't even need planning permission to change offices into apartments. So at the minute, I'm doing the stuff that I can. So I've got a couple of projects in Liverpool, something by Uxbridge, um, something in Northampton. I've got multiple projects, but what I'm doing at the minute as well is I'm building a sales team. So they're working virtually mm-hmm. and they're basically bringing in um, joint venture partners because the, jo- the joint venture partners enable me to buy even more buildings and now basically we do the acquisition, we find the building, we'll send in architects and contractors, and then what happens is we'll find 70 percent of the funding for the building, the joint venture partner has to bring in the 30 percent deposit and the conversion costs, and then it's a 50/50 profit split. So yeah. to answer your question, I'm converting commercial buildings, and I'm scaling up now with JV Part- with JV. Partners. Um, scaling up with JV partners because basically what the partners allow you to do is have an untapped source of, 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 of money because you can only do, as one person you can only ever do a certain amount of deals you, you, can, you can't do more than do you know what I mean? So even if, if I've got something in with that one's, that, that one's like 750, the GDV on that that's like a um, conversion, not a conversion it's a refurbishment, is 1.2 mil so that means that's a bit of lending the one in Northampton's only 150 grand. That building's 150 grand. Um, GDV on that's like five, six hundred. The Liverpool ones, I'm buying those buildings for like 50, 50 grand each. is like 150. But you can run out of money quick. Yeah. So without the partners, you're losing deals. And because of the journey that I've taken, I can find deals like in 30 seconds. It's ridiculous. And when you can't take the deal yourself, it is painful. So... Yeah, I hope that explains, if you, if you if I haven't made anything clear,
3: then I will. Sorry, Mason, I know you, um, you work in the industry, so um, you might have, you will have a bit more knowledge than myself. There's something you yeah. said there that, that was quite interesting, um, Swift, in that, um, did you say you had a sales team which go and find um, JVs? Or... Yeah,
0: go and find JVs, yeah. So yeah, I found
3: it interesting because, obviously, you were the individual who was going out there before looking um, yeah. for the investment, but now you also have a sales team.
0: Yes, Okay, that's cool. It's not just JVs though. Um, we was doing a new build developments and what you'll find is because of the recession, a lot of people's deposits, there's less buyers in the market right now. So new deal developers are gonna have a lot of stock units as well. So I've got the sales team, they're chasing new new build developers and they're securing first time buyers to match to those deals. And they're securing JV partners as well. But even with the JV partners, we're looking at everybody. No. Basically, it allows me to do the stuff that I I couldn't do by myself. So now we can talk to, like, ex-president of Ghana. Do you know what I mean? We can talk to all the footballers in the premiership. We can go to the NFL. We can... International partnerships. Do you know what I mean? It allows us to scale up and scale up and scale up. So, yeah. That's really interesting.
3: I don't know why I'd never really thought about that in terms of having a sales team to go out and get joint ventures
0: yeah but yeah yeah because i think because i've learned it the hard way kind of thing and as i as i was saying you 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 run out of money when you're doing property you run out of money so the joint ventures is the only way not to run out of money sorry where are we now so
3: um from when you've come out to um today When you say where are we now no in terms of obviously we spoke about the the three year period uh, before so how long is how long have you been out so from when you came out to years. now ah
0: 2008 so 12 years thirteen okay. years i think
1: yeah 12 years yeah 12 years Just just looking back and maybe i guess taking a step back from your position now what what advice would you give to your younger self or even someone that was, I guess, from the same area, from the Hood, from Bush, wherever, whatever part of London, fill in the blank. What advice would you give them now in terms of staring away from the roadside? What would you say to yourself or someone similar? I don't know, man. I I would say, I touched on it. It is a game. Mm.
0: I would say, be a bit smarter, do you know what I mean? And I would say, just don't accept the card you're dealt, man. And I would also say if you are in, in a position where you're doing, you're doing it and you do feel you do feel stuck, I would say slow down and think. Because it weren't until I, I was in jail that I got the time to actually, I got stopped to my tracks. And when you're in the game, sometimes it's so rapid, you don't have no time to think. Do you know what I mean? But if I would have had that time to think, maybe I would have come away from it, I would have made different decisions. So I mean it's easy for me to say don't do that. I think the system's mm-hmm. so rigged. Unless I've got a solution for you right now, I think that's bullshit, me telling you don't do that. Do you know what I mean? You're gonna have to figure you know it's wrong. You know it's a setup. You're gonna have to figure it out how to get out. But you can get out. You're gonna have to figure it out. One of the ways you're gonna figure it out is you slow down, you put yourself around successful people, and that is a, a, a a challenge that we do have we don't have people that we can kind of look up to and that we can speak to do you know what i mean i remember like even at the time being in like 100 grand worth of debt and then i'm talking to my mom i come out of that half an hour with my mom it's like a depression but if you're talking to a millionaire and saying i'm in 100 grand worth of debt keep it moving this is what you do so i think it's very important who we have around us i think who we have around us, if we're in these circumstances in the hood, yeah. is going to determine how we change our realities. Do you know what I mean? So I think the stuff that we're doing tonight is so important mm-hmm. to let you know there are positive role models. Do you know what I mean? People who are aspiring to do great things and doing great things. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't have to accept the hand you're dealt with, man. You're dealt with.
1: Yeah, that's what I was alluding to. That was going to be my my follow-up question, to be honest, in regards to what do you think we need? And you you touched on it by saying that we need role models and, again, people like yourself and ourselves to to be, to, I guess, to prove, like, uh, what's the the phrase I'm looking for? Um, it slipped my mind. But basically, yeah, basically be that role model, be that person to for someone else to look up to and say all right cool i've come from that that same ground that same whereabouts that same lifestyle and i there's someone that's turned his life around that's doing positive that's doing the same numbers that he was doing before if not more and yes not having to look over his back and you know what i mean not sleep with one eye open so no definitely that's that's definitely essentially why we've got into this because in me you need a gentleman to be, to be
0: I think what you're saying is important as well because we touched on it earlier. It's this Europe thing. I said it to Lee. It's like a taboo doing business in Europe, being black. Mm. But when we go abroad and go to America and go to Africa, everyone's doing business at high levels, in offices, in companies. But in, In England, it's like if you're not rapping or if you're not doing the obvious like football, it's like there's not enough entrepreneurs I, it's like I had to look to America. Even if you have think of the, self, the, the self-help books, we kind of had to, I don't know about yourselves, but I had to look to America to find people grow rich. They weren't really, I'm not saying they're not in England, but I know America is more of a money machine. I see it for what it is now, where before I kind of saw it for movies or whatever, but now I see it from I see the economics. That's what I look at first now when I'm, when I'm doing business. And I realize that because it's a money machine, they, they, has to be all of these models for you to be able to tap into to grow. Because England and Europe's not really a money machine, our economy's like 3 trillion of late. Do you know what I mean? America's like 19, 18 trillion. So unless they're showing people how to do business and giving you mentorship and giving you bank loans, and it's not going to happen. So I, what I'm trying to say is that the European model and the UK model is is so so basic man in terms of business it's so so basic and and that's why it's kind of made everybody's journeys so hard and so drawn out because nice. we ain't got the infrastructure like do you, you do know that they offer, they offer black people less loans than everybody else. You guys aware of that
1: business loan
0: <laughs> you know about that because yeah, they say that we're not we're not trained in business so we're just going to lose the bank's money. <laughs> it's time see it. Do you understand? We're going to lose the bank's money, but if you're cutting out.
1: Yeah, French you're breaking up.
3: Can you hear me? Yeah, now we
1: can, yeah. Yeah, i was just going to make the point of alluding what you're saying about showing and proving. There's not enough people in the spotlight that are shown and proven to say we can do business, and it's not it's it's not being the cool thing to do. But I'm 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 guessing like what we're doing here now, and we're starting to see it a bit more. Um, a few of the, the entertainers are doing more business-like moves, and we're seeing that we can do business and we can make moves, and we are entrepreneurs. And there isn't just one way of making money besides doing entertainment, essentially. So, yeah, no, definitely. Show and show prove was the statement I was, I was thinking about. No, it's true. Because when you think about it, I've said it, like, before,
0: everything is buy and sell. Everything, like, this phone, it costs money. This tissue costs money. This wall costs money to build. This teacup costs money. Everything in front of all of us costs money. So if we're not invested in business, we're missing a big trick. Because everything in front of us, is companies that put it. And I think that sometimes we've been so clouded by be it music or be it whatever bullshit, it's time now for us to start lifting the veil and it's gonna take stuff like this, you know? And I think we are getting to the party. I think it, we, are, we are arriving at the party now.
3: You mentioned um, solutions, which I thought was, well, you mentioned solutions, which I thought was quite interesting. What type of solutions um do you think i mean that, that might be an easy question um but yeah what type of solutions do you believe are needed to maybe change the mindset for someone who has been caught up in the roads or and the reason why i say caught up in the roads because you have a particular skill set which can be shifted and used um, for example to do exactly what you've done and for, for a man who actually actually runs courses i don't know i mean do you want to maybe explain what type of courses you run maybe in a bit more depth? Or do you want to, well, as well as that, you might want to explain maybe what other solutions we can find to actually, um, not qualify, but educate um, the younger generation and steer them away from doing things that they shouldn't be doing.
0: I think the, f- the first point is that in terms of solutions, I think that, I said it on this thing, I think that the system's rigged. And I, I think that um, one thing they say is you can't beat the system. So I've always been the believer that if you can't beat the system, you have to create your own system. Because clearly, the right systems work, right? So if you take a basic system of like I've said it in, in like seminars before, go to a McDonald's and you order a Big Mac anywhere in the world. The bread, they're putting the ham, whatever it is, they're putting the cheese, they're putting the goat into the system,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and every McDonald's Big Mac should taste the same everywhere. So the system that we need to design ourselves needs to be something that works. I think I say this is because I don't think we need to be reliant upon the government. I think it needs to, we need to be reliant upon ourselves. I think one of the things we need to learn really is about money first and economics. Because I was doing, they called it home economics in school, it was about food. Yeah, totally, totally pointless.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't really understand anything that I learned in school. Everybody's saying it now. You know, we don't learn anything in school. We learn to become debt slaves. We don't really learn to become entrepreneurs.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I think um, maybe in a family group and a family set like ourselves, I mean, with my kids, all I talk to them is about becoming CEOs. Do you know what I mean? And, um, and, and having that idea and growing that idea and putting the work in. So I think in terms of a solution, it would be what we're doing now, but with a structure and a curriculum. That involves economics, money and business, and I think it takes it'll take a few of us to come together to create that system and that structure and to roll it out from a certain age, probably from the age where I started to turn, which is about age um, age age 13, fourteen. I think we, I think that age group should be targeted, but I think we need to systemize something economical you know because the thing is, there's, there's no, business isn't overnight. So it's, 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 it's important to kind of start planting that seed of our kids and, and the kids from an early age. I think maybe planting it um, 19, 20, when people are making money already, I think it's it's too, it's too late. It doesn't help. When you think of Sunday school, when we was kids and stuff, sometimes we had to go Sunday school when we was like 12 and 13, you know? Sunday school for what we're talking about, digitally. Mm-hmm. From home, the world's changing, right? We ain't even got to see each other no more. We could do it like this. So I think that would be a solution potentially.
3: And do you want to expand maybe a little bit on the courses that you run?
0: Ah, the courses I run are property courses. So basically they teach people about money, firstly, um, inflation, um, return on investments, what the banks give you, um, and then appreciation, capital appreciation in property over the last... 30 years, um, we just basically teach that. If you look at the last 30, 40 years, even above, property's always going up in percentage terms. Um, England, as a country, not getting any more space. The same space is here. And there's people traveling over all the time. So there's always a demand for food, clothing and shelter. So just touching base on what what we do. but the, the, the course is actually it's selling a product. It's selling investment properties, which I've kind of come away from during COVID. Um, so, yeah.
3: And are these I, the courses that you, you put together yourself?
0: I put it together over a big period of years. Yeah, I put, I put the courses together,
3: yeah. And how long, and how, So I know Mason, you've got a question. And how long do these, um, these courses last for?
0: They're seminars, so they last about an hour. I think Lee came to one a few years ago, right? Yeah, they came to one a few years ago. But that, that one was more when I was um, working with investors and, and doing property sourcing, I don't do all that now, but the information and the knowledge is there. It's just obviously, because of COVID, we've had to change business models and stuff. But in terms of teaching our people and the masses, it's something that we need to restructure that information to get it to the kids. And it's part of the plan, it is part of the plan. It is part of the plan.
2: The funny thing is, or the, the ironic thing, is, not funny. When I came to your, to your seminar, I came with two other people. Yeah. And those two people have since invested in Liverpool. Oh wow. And, yeah, they've since gone to Liverpool themselves. Not just Liverpool, they've invested in other places, but particularly Liverpool, they've bought individually and together in Oh, Liverpool. that's amazing. That's so, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> because of the seminar? From the seminar, they—that's they, they, what—that's what—that's what, that's what, that's what um, planted the seed.
0: That's amazing. No, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, Matt, it's crazy because even Liverpool now—all them houses were so cheap back then, but now the prices have doubled. Like, you go to a viewing in Liverpool now. We've got people that do the viewings for us. There could be ten people at one viewing. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Did you make everybody have... knows it's a hot spot? Yeah. Did you guys have more questions?
3: No, no, I don't have any questions. I think you've been, been very insightful. No,
1: I did. French? Yeah, no, no. That's, I'm good with questions. Um, we can do dope or trash at the end and call it a wrap. But yeah. other than that, no, I'm, we don't I'm know, good with questions. <laughs> we've been it for an hour
2: and a half, right? Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good, yeah. I'll, let, I'll let French introduce it. But there is a, a mini, like, one-minute game we like to play with our guests with. It's yeah, called Dope or Trash. And it's based on book titles. French? What's
1: it called? What's it called? Dope or Trash. So essentially, I'm going to, like, you know the phrase, don't judge a book by a cover. Okay. We're basically going to be judging a book by the name of the title. And you've got to say Dope or Trash, based strictly on the name. Okay. 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 All right. So I'll start off soap. <laughs> um, well, so if you think it's dope, then say dope. If you think it's trash, then say trash. Yeah. So of Mice and Men. Ah. Trash. Georgian name, N- right? Yeah. Natives. Natives. Yeah. Dope. The wave of the superior man. Dope. Animal Farm. Trash. Nineteen eighty-four. Who? Nineteen eighty-four. Trash. Rich dad, poor dad. Dope. (laughs) Shoe dog. Dope. The Alchemist. Dope. That's my favorite book. All right. Um, (laughs) The richest man in Babylon. That's one of my favorites too. That's dope. And the last one. The book of Swift
0: George. That's
2: dope, man. (laughs) Funny (laughs) guy. Swift, before we head off, Swift, just um for the listeners, the viewers, do you want to give out any social details, your website address, so people can kind of, if they want to hit you up and get a bit more information, or kind of. Usually for investment purposes, you
0: wanna just give out your socials or, or yeah, them. socials is um George One on the Instagram. That's all I've got. Um, Swift George One on Instagram, and the company's newneighbors.com. So N-U hyphen neighbors.com, newneighbors.com, Swift George One on Instagram. You can connect, man. You can connect. I'm trying to ramp up this stuff now. All that side, I'm on it. Wicked. Okay.
2: Uh, I just wanna say. For myself, and I'm sure on behalf of the rest of the Fully book team, thanks for having for okay. having for the show, man. It's yeah, been man. yeah, it's been it's been really, really interesting. Really, interesting. really enjoyed it, man. I'm humbled as well, bro. Thank you, guys. Yeah,
0: um, thank you for <laughs> thinking of me. <laughs> thank you for thinking of yeah. me. But blessings. But what you do, what you lot are doing is is very good, man. So just keep on going, man. We need it. You, we, there's none of you guys around. You know what I mean? And I think you're mm. gonna be. You're clearly pioneers for what we're doing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I know you. It's a calling. I know you've been touched. Answer the calling, man, and deliver. So we're proud of you, also. Yeah. Thanks,
2: bro. Much appreciate. Viewers, um, it's at fully booked on the on the socials on the Instagram, and obviously all our details will be up after the video. But just you can holler at us, and if you want to come on the show, if you have got any suggestions, please feel free to feed to feed in, comment, subscribe, like, all of that. Thanks again, Swift. Mad
0: love, mad love. <laughs> <Great show.
1: laughs>